This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. Back once again, it's the Renegade Masters. <laughs> Dragonheart is here and it's live on Callanheart. Uh, we're going to be bringing you... Uh, talk about Blythe part one and part two. Uh, we've got a really interesting Twitter thread that Mark Griffiths put up earlier and we have some other bits and pieces to go through. We are Bill Long, Mark Griffiths and Neil Williams. This is Dragonheart. Where is that mouse? <laughs> <laughs> I have completely Don, lost the case. Start, there we go. <laughs> I'm Luke Young and this is Dragonheart. Renegades indeed, I think, after that. Mark, Blythe Spartans, away from home. Bit of a weird game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, just a bit. Um, I was certainly... Look, we rotated the team. Obviously, Parkinson's at the sides that he feels can be uh, can get a result. Um, but the performance was... Well, I, 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 this is the cliche I always want to come back to, and it's stupid, in cycling when they talk about when somebody just has a bad day and they call it a jour sans, a, a day without, when you just for some reason can't do it. We seem to have too many of them in away games, and we certainly, well, I mean, uh, to be perfectly frank, it would have been very harsh on Blythe if they'd lost that game yeah, because they, they, they had an awful lot of the ball. I admit they didn't look maybe all that dangerous, in that game, you can see why they're the equal lower scorers in their division. It wasn't the same on Tuesday, as we will come to, but yeah, I didn't really feel much threat from them, but they played a lot of constructive football and we were very harsh if we'd won that match, I think. I think we'd be very harsh if, you know, we didn't want it, to be honest. Yeah, as you say, Mark, I think Blythe were the better team. You know, they played for their football. Is there something, I don't know whether it's tactics or is there something that, you know, Parkinson's got to address? You know, what happens when we go away from home? What is the problem? What's the issue? Why do we not play the most entertaining football like we do when we play at home? Especially in the first, you know, 45 minutes last night and the last few home games. But we just don't seem to, to click. We just don't seem to have the ambition while we're away. I don't know what the problem is, but there's something mm. wrong and I just don't know what it is. I've got a theory. No, I'm not saying I'm right. But let's be honest, I mean, the chances are I am. I'm a genius. Um, Employed by Disney after all for a well, reason. Absolutely. I'm not even bringing Disney up anymore. I'm just having you two guys do it. Um, but I am available for animations, you know, voiceovers, things like that, you know. It's, uh, you know. Somebody tweeted randomly that I was Pocahontas's dad. I, I don't know what that means or if it was offensive. But, uh, I'll, but uh, you know, frankly, if it pays, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> I've got no dignity. Um, <laughs> I've got a theory about this away game thing, which is that <clears throat> we're, we're, we're scouting teams, we're looking at how they like to play when they haven't got the ball, and we're thinking when they're at home, they're going to try and press us. I mean, you look at Blythe, I mean, that's, that's your classic example, wasn't it? I mean, they were very brave in the way that they pressed us in our half in both matches. I thought in the first game they'd tie themselves out because they were so energetic but they didn't I mean massive credit to them um, I think we look at that and we think we can exploit this because we have good strikers with good movement and we can lift balls over the top rather than pass through the press and hit them like that and we also have quick players going forwards so and I like that theory but I, I've got to say 
it's not playing to our strengths because we are not executing it well in away games. And there have been a few away games where we've played like that in the first half and then we've come in at half-time and we've sort of reset, played more like a home game and looked much better after mm. the break. The Chesterfield game, I felt, was where it all started. When I mean, I, I, I feel... I feel a bit of a revisionist about that Chesterfield game. Everyone looks at that as a total disaster. Yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't. First 10 minutes, I was delighted. They were really playing a high line, and we were dropping these balls in behind them. And I was thinking, we're getting around the back of them really easily. We're going to spank them here. But the trouble is, we then let a goal in, then gave them a stupid second goal, and all of a sudden, we started looking a bit desperate. And Notts County was a bit like that without the second goal, wasn't it, as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. And, and we did, to be fair, create a lot of chances in that game, didn't we? It was a very yeah. open game. But I do feel, personally, that although... I must say, I like us mixing it up for a start, but I, I don't think we should forget that we dominate home games because... Let's be honest, we spent money on this team. These players are better than the other National League team's players. And when we get the ball around and get into that familiar passing rhythm, we dominate teams. Be brave, pass through the press, back your ability, back your teammates' ability, pass through them, and then you'll open the game wide open and, and make lots of chances. It was my theory. Watching the away game at Blythe on Saturday, you wouldn't have said there was a great gulf between the no. two teams. You know, no. there was no our class, as we say, mm. we should have class in our team because of what we spent. Did not shine yeah. because for me, because we didn't back that quality. We didn't get the ball down, move it about. You know, I mean, I, I just feel look at high quality players. You know, the, the, and, and I see our players doing these sort of things. You bring the ball down, that guy's being marked, but I trust him because he's got a good first touch, so I'm going to ping the ball to his feet, and he's not going to be scared to receive it with the player on him because he knows he's got good technique, and we will, through our technique and our passing and our movement, we will make our way through that team and we'll back ourselves. And that's why teams build out from the back, isn't it? Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. people say, oh, they're taking a risk. Well, no, they're professional footballers. Yeah. 99 times out of 100, you give the ball to that centre-back on the edge of the box and the crowd go, ooh, but he'll pass to a teammate and he'll outmanoeuvre the opposition. And I just think in home games we do that, we get on top of teams. I think, to be fair, often they, they don't come at us as much. Is it a confidence thing as well? They can do it at home, they feel they can do it at home because you've got the crowd behind them it's feasible. rather than doing it away? It's definitely feasible, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, I definitely think... I mean, okay, home advantage for whatever intangible reason is a thing. And gosh, why why wouldn't our team feel confident at home? We, we, the last time, well, we, okay, last time we lost in the league is Yeovil. That's like donkey's years ago. Mm -hmm. We're on the, hang on, let me get it right, because I, I was writing Wrexham and Rack up this morning. The third longest run wow. of home wins from the start of a season uh, since 1921, and next right. week we we would we, equal that record, if and we're not. Halifax. We're over halfway to setting the record, including games back in the 19th century when we were hammering local clubs. So I mean, why wouldn't they feel that confidence? I mean, it's just. But why is that not transferring to the away games? You yeah. know, is it is it yeah. is it familiarity? A football pitch is a football pitch, isn't it? Oh, I agree. Yeah, you, yeah. You're playing with the same bunch of players all the time, and whether you know whether you're home or away, so that confidence should ooze while they're away. Yeah. But something is is just not clicking when we go. I mean, yeah. to me, for against Blythe on Saturday, Blythe had had the you know the, the great passes, the mm. interlink between players, and whatever the the sick passes. Even last night, some of their passing was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, and we just didn't seem to do that on Saturday. We we just looked like a mediocre team. You it, know? it felt a bit like I said. I felt they played <coughs> the ball over the top a little early, and mm -hmm. then I also felt 
there was a little bit of, I don't, I don't want to be too harsh in saying this, I don't want to be too simplistic, but a tiny bit of, ooh, they're pressing well, ooh, I haven't got much time here, I'll just knock it and see, because, yeah. you know, Dolby's quite mobile, Lee's quick, one of them might get on the end of it. That, that, that was the thing that frustrated me, and I'm not easily frustrated, mm. as, you, as you both know, but there, there was a lot of, well, except when people start accusing me of being, you know, waltz, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to finish that sentence. Uh, I just realised where it was heading. Um, you know, we, there was a lot of not lifting balls over the top that people can chase because that might win you a throw and high up the pitch. Just banging it second all, yeah, and then looking to see if somebody was there. Yeah. And there was a lot of that but just going straight for a goal kick or just straight to their keeper. Comparison to last night where the balls which were dinked over, they yeah. were they were perfect, perfect yeah. passes. Yeah. You know, yeah, Toza. Mm. You know, he, he spread some balls out last night, which you know you, you, you'd seen the Premiership. Yeah. The, you know the perfection on his passes, but that didn't happen in away games. And yeah, hey, that, that one looping ball. I mean, we can get on to the, the, the second part in a minute. Yeah. But that one looping ball he played about halfway through the first half was was unreal, wasn't it? it was. To be fair, yeah. 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 My, my argument, just sorry, just quickly with that, is that I think it can depend on how high up the pitch you play that pass. Yeah. I don't mean not Toza, actually. No, those are those are quarterback long passes aren't they but when you're when you're starting to pass through the press a bit you get to play the balls from higher up the pitch you got more chance of being accurate on Saturday it was players 15 yards into the Wrexham half lumping it uh, yesterday I mean again not to, I don't dwell on this day yet but you know Ford came in and linked up really well and you know he would be feeding balls into midfield or somebody would be feeding it into midfield and then they'd have him as the link and a lot of it came through him in the first half didn't they in the, at half and a half position so we weren't knocking it long straight away we were working it round the back by making those angles by Ford's dragging spaces as, as Hosanna did fine on Saturday I'm not trying to knock him but Ford's quality on the ball meant that yeah. we were playing the little triangles that Blythe played so well and, and getting round the back of them quite easily yeah, I think I'm not as concerned as some people with our away yeah. form because I think if you look through all of the games, it almost feels like there's... Um, maybe I'd have to look a bit closer and analyse it a bit more. I'm just doing my fan in the stand sort of thing here. But you look at the Chesterfield game, it, it, that was a disappointment. And I, you've, you've already sort of listed what the problems were there. But the, the Yeovil game, I think you, we chopped and changed a little bit and players were still getting used to each other. The conditions were poor. I know they were poor for both sides, but it kind of feeds into that sort of you know, games like that quite often. One-one because both teams are just tired by the end of the game, and two teams, you know, both sides have made a bit of a silly mistake. Uh, you look at the Notts County game. What let us down there was finishing, and not yeah, yeah. and not other aspects of the game. Because you, you're right. Well, I, you know, the things that you've said are right, and it's the same. Like there was some similarities between Chesterfield and Notts County, but we created those chances yeah. against Notts County, and didn't take them. Mm. Oldham, we made it right in the second half, although the first half was really poor, Dyer, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Very poor. And and the Blythe game, you know, you're playing, you, we were playing a lot of square pegs and round holes and Elliot Lee, for me, isn't a striker. He's an option if we're in an injury situation, but he's not a striker. He needs to be playing a bit deeper. You've got Tom O'Connor playing left centre-back. Um, I think we should touch on O'Connor later, but, you know, we, we can get to that. I don't. It's not his best position, is it? Left centre back. No. He didn't have the best of games against Blythe, but then he's not played much, and he's also not in that position. So, I think if it, I think if it was consistently one problem through yeah. an entire season, 
I'd be a little bit more concerned and there are obviously some connections between what's gone wrong in these games but I wouldn't say it's outright yes that is exactly our problem but we're not rectifying it I think there is something wrong though because in the sense that it's consistently happened this season but I, I agree I, I'm so we are second in the league one point off top mm-hmm. uh, and liable to pick up more momentum as the season goes on and we are now allowed to buy players so if we have a problem we can splash the cash so I really don't feel concerned if I'm honest I feel very very happy um, I, I would say as well I agree let, let me take an even more optimistic view of it the Yeovil game hot, hot weather shapeless sort of game but if if their striker who looks really toothless didn't hit the one shot of his life because of the hell of a goal and he yeah. looked harmless apart from that then we'd have won it you know, uh, the Notts County game, there were turning points. They could have scored more as well, to be fair. But, you know, the, our main rivals, we went toe-to-toe with them. And, and you know, we could have we could have knocked three or fools in, in their place. You know, there were little turning... Even the Blythe game, coming back to that last Saturday, right, did Blythe deserve to lose? Absolutely not. Yeah. But having said that, the challenge by Hickey on Aaron Hazen and then the way that he then jumps on him afterwards it was bizarre and then how he had a sly kick at him yeah. that's a red card yeah uh, Dolby when he hit the bar definite penalty because his shirt's been pulled off his back and he's done brilliantly to get a shot off because he's almost lying down because he's been pulled down in the penalty area the goal which <laughs> is the last minute fight, is yeah. about a yard offside uh, oh is it oh, oh, oh no yeah, question no. no question okay Not that he didn't touch the ball, does he? He just he doesn't he touch the ball, but to. but you have to look at the replay to know if he hasn't touched it. He's that close, mm-hmm. and Howard can't go across the cover because he has he's waiting for that header. So the goal go, the ball goes in because the guy attacks the ball, right? Okay. Uh, but he, um, when you look at the replay, and I, I am loath to criticise officials on their judgment. Other things I will criticise, but not their judgment. If if you don't see it, you don't see it. Fair enough. You only get one chance. Yeah. But I was a little surprised it wasn't spotted because he was stand. He didn't make a run past yeah. the defensive line in that position. He was standing about a yard offside. Well, it's a yard, it's a half a yard, but still... When the free kick was took, he was yeah. ahead of the Wrexham defence. He's, he's yeah. there for a while, isn't yeah. he? He, yeah. Was, he mm-hmm. took up a position there, stayed Fair outside, yeah. and then, you know, I, I'm surprised yeah. I didn't get sponsored. I think linesmen are amazing how accurate they are, and commentary, I'm often saying, oh, that's wrong, that's wrong. You look at the replay, no, they were right. Mm. So, you know, I was really surprised he missed that one. But we have to go back to 78, you know, we... <laughs> 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 our last game against Blythe, again in the Cup, where, you know, we had that corner taken three times, because they, they scored a... a goal because we made a mistake in the back and then you know the corner flag falling yeah. down three times so it's swings around about it's come round and come round doesn't it so you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blythe exactly. has got a bit of history to it yeah and well going back to Blythe you've got to give credit to their fans haven't you and especially uh, for the way they were at, at the away match so for well the away the for them for you know for yeah. our our home game in the second uh, match it was like a I kind of hate the phrase it's a game of two halves but that really was a game of two halves wasn't it Mm -hmm. we were like the incredible Hulk in the first half and Bruce Banner in the second (laughs) it was uh, Disney's Mark Griffiths laughing at that Disney based pun absolutely (laughs) Marvel Disney yeah that's true yeah that's true I think Bruce Banner has his 
positive qualities to be fair oh and we didn't lose the game so yeah. and, and you know his, they, his name's ideal for a limerick but there it gets a bit <laughs> concerning that we're con- you know conceding goals at home you know it, it is it is which yeah we hadn't done for most of the season you know and then barnet last home game we conceded five and last night when we looked so comfortable three nil up half time the wheels fell off in the second half and conceded two goals. You're right. There's a hundred percent of concern there. I think like I w- I'm saying I wasn't too concerned about the away form as it, as such for away games, but I am a little bit concerned about the defence. Mm. Uh, I think to to concede two goals like that when you're in in control of the game, um, I, I think it's a little bit worrying. I don't think it's it's danger zone yet. Was it that they turned off because they thought they'd won the game already half time? Yeah, they came out with that wrong attitude again I, I think we have we always have patches in a game where we do switch off I mean even against Torquay they didn't capitalise on it but there were periods of the match where we did sort of switch off slightly and they just didn't punish us so that is slightly concerning but I suppose when you score as many goals as we do mm. it almost doesn't matter Mark really does it it does if we stop scoring goals <laughs> yeah, doesn't it does, it, it um, does. yeah yeah I, I, I was quite shocked before the Barnet game to see that we had the equal best defence in the division because it that didn't pass the eye test I thought we looked a bit vulnerable at the back and I was quite shocked to see that we had actually done better than everyone else mm. bar from whoever I think it's Bournemouth actually um, so yeah I I sort of didn't really feel we were defending brilliantly. I, I've got to say, though, I think the two things go hand in hand. I think that I think I may have said this last week. I think Parkinson has the attitude of going going for the opposition. We've got such terrific attacking quality. Mm. The wing backs play very high up the pitch. Um, you know, Zane, he's come on yesterday when we're hanging on to a game, and he is playing sort of off the strikers most of the time. Yeah. I, I think that I and I would be inclined to back him on this he does think we can score a lot of goals and blow teams away and we gamble at the back but then I think the idea is we have strength and mobility at the back and by playing three at the back you do often have three men back to try and deal with situations um, but it doesn't yeah it, we're not I mean, we're not a stable 1-0 team we're a no. oh we won 7-5 yeah <laughs> we won 6-0 <laughs> that sort of team aren't we it's not good for a supporter is it when you're, when you're that far ahead and then all of a sudden they start coming back to you but there was one comment I saw last night on, the, on I don't know which forum it was that, you know whether it was because toes went off that Clowith looked a bit vulnerable I don't know you know um, but then they yeah, they always if fans have had a lot of go to Clowith recently about him yeah and, and oh, well the back three they've had to go at you it, know it's a tough one that and I think it I think it is harsh to give too much criticism because we played with a new back three for the first half yeah. and then a new back three for the, the second, second half mm, yeah. they haven't had the half to gel with each other Blythe have tried to capitalise that and got two fairly quick goals haven't they Tunnicliffe's been playing on the right where Hayden plays Hayden comes in and he switches to the middle mm-hmm. so he's in a and, and he's not he's in a different position which I think in a back three especially it's a completely different role isn't it playing that stopper in the middle to the more attacking sort of, of the, the left or the right side and then on top on top of that you, you know he's barely played any games has he with these players so last game was April well, well, his last game was April, and it was his first time playing a competitive game with any of those other centre backs. Yeah. So we've got to give them a little bit of leeway, I think. Mm. Also, did you think of him? I, I thought he was pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a difficult game to judge, really, because we looked completely in control in the first half, and then we conceded two really soft goals in the second. So, and could have conceded a third right at the right death. Yeah, where he, 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 should that. Have, he should have buried that. Shouldn't he he? I think nerves has got have got to that. All through the game, there. he's nailing the ball. He scores a fantastic goal, 
And then he does that. Yeah. Oh, we were lucky there. I, I would feel for him if it wasn't an FA Cup <laughs> game where, yes. you know, we were, we were going to prosper from him missing. Um, strange game. Strange yeah. game. But all credit to the Blythe fans. They were fantastic, weren't they? Yeah, 250 yeah. of them, you know. That's the most. Plus the first have broken down on the way as well. Yeah, you've got to feel for him, haven't you, really? Do you know if they made it? I'm assuming they what they must have yeah, done yeah. They, they, of their... they didn't. They didn't. No. They didn't. It was on. I saw on Twitter. Oh. Apparently, the club had tried their best to help out, mm. and their fans were quite grateful. But I think they were stuck in the in the Lancashire services somewhere, which is a massive shame, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I saw some. I, I apologise that I can't give credit, but I did see someone on Twitter suggest that maybe we should have a friendly with them over the summer just to sort of make up for for those who couldn't make it, which would be quite yeah. nice. It'd be nice if we could strike a bit of a, a relationship yeah. up with Blythe, wouldn't it? Really bring back the Debenhams Cup. You can get ASPN in, in the Lancashire service stations, can't you? I don't know. I'm sure they could. I, I'm, I'm sure there's means of ways of getting it on a toaster. <laughs> no, that's, that's the sort of talk I was looking for. Yeah. What a man. <laughs> I was um, randomly looking at the uh, website that makes like bespoke football t shirts and there already was a Jimmy isn't it Jimmy the Toaster John, John, John the, the toaster. toaster there already was a John the Toaster t-shirt which I was Fair very play. impressed with <laughs> one, one last thing before we sort of move on from Blythe uh, obviously it was it was a potential tie with Chester was on the cards uh, if they were to have won their game they bottled it you know like we all I sort of expected they were going to do <clears throat> they were fond of struck they were <laughs> fond of struck. Uh, <laughs> they, do you know what? I, I, it was kind. I kind of felt like it was a win-win because I really wanted that game against Chester. But if they bottle it, it's it's kind of funny, really. <laughs> um, strange reaction from the crowd, and we've had a few people mention this on Twitter, Mark. We'll get to your Twitter thread in in a little bit, but people were. Some people were not impressed that a section of the crowd celebrated Neil were they? there there was quite a big celebration and the whole ground then just started singing for whatever reason you know because obviously they'd heard about the Chester I think Chester must have gone ahead to 2-1 yeah they went ahead to 2-1 in extra time so they all thought we were going to play Chester in the the next round even though our game hadn't finished at that point yeah yeah, and and they had that chance and they had that chance right at the end so (laughs) it was quite quite strange that they were celebrating thinking we were going to play Chester and we had won our game (laughs) Um, yeah, it's like half the you know the singing and just started cheering and started applauding and then it just started rip around the ground and yeah, I said didn't matter whether it was for me whether it was Chester or Oldham they're both being they both sell out their way in so yes yeah, it'll be, be a great good. atmosphere yeah, yeah. you know so yeah to me it didn't bother me but obviously to a lot of fans who maybe have not even been to a Chester derby. Well, this, this is this is the point I was going to come on to, Neil. We mentioned it a little bit just before we went on air, didn't we? There's, there's a, I, I think a lot of people on Twitter were getting a bit annoyed that people were celebrating a Chester goal, and I completely understand that. You know, it, it's if Chester were playing Bricky under nines, I'd want Bricky under nines to win. That's just that's just how it is, isn't it? Do you know, yeah. you know, uh, for, for any international listeners, Brick, Bricky, uh, Brickfield Rangers, they're a local uh, local club, um, but I just. There's a lot of younger fans who won't have experienced a Wrexham Chester game. There's a lot of younger fans who are now hitting their their late teens, early twenties who haven't experienced a Chester game since they were a kid, and they want that derby. And that is it's such a huge huge game. Potentially the last time we could have played them for a while. I didn't celebrate. 
But I could all sort of understand where it was coming from, Mark. What, did, what was your impression of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, I was quite excited at the thought of it. And after, you know, to, to let light in on magic after the game, when we went down to the media room, everybody was huddled around listening to the commentary of the Chester match, just the last couple of minutes and then the penalty <laughs> shootout, including Phil Parkinson for a bit, who said... I'd rather play Chester than Oldham because it would just be exciting. And uh, no offence to Oldham, but as you know, just the Chester Wrexham game would, would not surely be the, the BBC's chosen match for the start, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um it would have real excitement. It would be the first derby under Robin Ryan. Um and uh, he stayed for a little bit listening and he said, oh, I'll come back, listen to it, I'll do a press conference when you're ready. And he left so that we could <laughs> listen to the rest of the game. Fair play. Um but I also do understand, because like I said, we had um I put, I put the thread out which we'll come to later and Dave Jones replied to it saying advice to uh, new fans you never ever cheer for a Chester goal or hope that Chester win and I, I do understand that as well in that I think that's maybe our, our rivals from the older <laughs> generation I think that's coming from which is what I would say really his profile, profile photo he looks doesn't look that old to me no <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I can I, see both sides in that I am um, I, I fancy the derby. Um, I'm sure a lot of people were not just the whole, you know, haven't seen a derby. I'm sure people are thinking this would be a derby where we've got Mullen and Palmer yeah. and all those players, and we will absolutely spank them, and it'll be memorable. Yeah, but that's not guaranteed, is it? Well, if they, oh no, but I'm saying that's, yeah. that's how football fans think. Oh, isn't yeah, 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 yeah. Well, if the, even yeah. as you're watching us struggle <laughs> against Peters. a team below Chester <laughs> yeah. in their league, yeah, yeah, you're thinking we'll batter them. And Chester would have had to have beaten a team in our league. To progress as well, so yeah, you know, yeah. obviously so they were capable, capable doing, yeah. yeah. But they, but they weren't in the end because they no. lost. So yeah. unlucky on penalties. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I think <laughs> I, I can see that, and I had half a mind of that. But it 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 felt very weird on reflection that people cheered a Chester goal in, at the race course. That's never happened I before. Think I, I've got to say, being in the stands, there was obviously some cheering on, so I'm sort of based in the in the, the middle of the Eric Roberts or uh, Rex Rent or whatever. The university end, that's what it's called now. Uh, I'm sure sponsorships are available. Uh, <laughs> on the left side, was, which is where the, the singers, shall we call them, usually sort of sit or stand, there was a bit of a cheer from there, and then it was almost like an ironic, sarcastic sort of cheer that rippled across. I don't think people that were stood near me were full-blown cheering. It was a bit of a way, <laughs> look, we might be playing them. And then it, it sort then of... The whole ground erupted into Yeah, it generated a bit of an atmosphere, it did, then, didn't it? it? Did. You know, and, mm -hmm. and, and look, look, that's what playing your rivals is what football yeah, is all about. Yeah. It's what it's all about, especially when we, we there's a good chance that we might not be in their league for a while why not anyway i think but that could happen next year it could happen next year in the cup i, I gotta be honest I, I had a slight sense of unease if i'm honest that we're all cheering about hey we're going to play chester next while at the other end of the pitch we are clinging on yeah yeah, yeah no i, I did as well yeah focus on our game i don't assume don't take it for granted we're going to win this one yeah. although i say don't take it for granted i've written my column for the leader this week talking about how people were excited probably because that might be quite unlikely we played them for quite a long time because we're heading in a different directions. So I'm taking it for granted we'll get promoted, aren't I? So I'm at Of course, yeah. I, I, 
I think it's it's everyone talks about the National League being the hardest league to get out of. I think the North and South are equally mm-hmm. as difficult. I think the North particularly. Yeah, there's a lot of strong teams. Yeah, a lot of yo-yo teams. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and walking the the North, you've got teams that were stuck down there for ages, like York. You've got teams like Darlington and Hereford coming back up. Kidderminster, yeah, 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 Kidderminster definitely, and Mm. even Fylde have have gone down there and stuck around, haven't they? You know, so that is a tough league to get out of, and there's a lot of good big teams in that league. Um, So. You know, I, I think there's there's a chance that Chester won't come up for a while, even if we don't go up. I think yeah. is how I saw yeah. looking, yeah, trying not to put the kibosh on on our promotion charge. Yeah. I got to be honest, I actually th- there was a fan in the first half. There was a fantastic spell of what was chicken curry. It smelled like around the press box, <laughs> and I I actually when they all cheers, I just saw somebody the ride of a second second helping of it. <laughs> it smelled fantastic, didn't it? Did yeah. Although it could have been what's his face. I better not say his name, I The no. bloke from Talksport, who is no yeah, bag for was next to us. I was just seemed to just have a plastic bag that he was eating loads of food out of all through the match. You'll, you'll Occasionally, to, he looked up to, to watch the game. Have to tell me off air who who that is. I will do. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll move on from that to Don't go on, to on the, camera. The Twitter. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, well, fair uh, this is Mark Griffiths, everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Again, like I said last week, I have Disney's lawyers on my side. I'm not scared of anything. <laughs> on that note, we will be moving on to Twitter. I'm Kerry Evans, and you're listening to Dragonheart Radio Show. Okay, so Mark has put out uh, a couple of questions for Twitter for for us. To read out, we've got first question mark. Uh, oh, I'm struggling to remember exactly oh, what it is. The word. Go on, you give me the word, and I know what I know what the theme is. <laughs> I, there were two questions. I, actually, I think we should focus on the first question for the, the simple reason that we've had a lot more answers to that first question. The first one was aimed at fans who've been supporting Wrexham for a long time. The second was aimed at new fans, and I thought I was being cute by putting the question this morning. Because our new fans tend to be brilliant at chipping in with these sort of things. What I forgot was the time difference, certainly to the States. So I've not given them enough chance. So I think I'll put the second question out again. I've had a couple of responses, but mostly it's it's traditional Wrexham fans. So the question was, if you're already a Wrexham fan before the takeover, what's the most important thing you fans should know? That's why we had the comment about never, ever, ever. Chester. <laughs> um, there are some fun ones. I love this one as, as an opening one, which is from Gavin France. The most vocal are not necessarily representative of the majority, and money is no guarantee of success, but it really helps. Um, <laughs> I think that's really interesting, that, 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 the idea of the, the most vocal are not the majority. Um, I think the I think the club's in a happier place now, but about two, three years ago, maybe a little bit more than that, there was quite a lot of anger. Some of it, I think, was badly directed. And um, we've seen bits of it in, in Welcome to Wrexham, where, uh, you know, please don't get me wrong, fans have a right to express their opinion, but some stuff got quite personal and quite unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And there was an element of toxicity in the atmosphere. Now, I think the new regime have done a good job of weeding some people out. You know, there have been a lot of banning orders given out, and I think it's, you know, 
that disorder and those opinions to some extent went hand in hand, not totally, um, but it certainly doesn't seem to be as prevalent, certainly from what I come across as it was maybe three years ago. Maybe it's just that people are happier. But I think that is true. D don't think that the noisy people are necessarily the majority. There's an awful lot of people who won't go shooting their mouths off, won't go jumping on social media, but they have a more calm view of things, and that is the majority, I think. Yeah, pre-takeover, um, I used to sit on the right-hand side of the, the university end, <laughs> and me and my mum used to call it Angry Corner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, was just, it was just an area, because obviously it was pre-reserved seating then, so the stand wouldn't always be sold out. There'd be a lot of people in that stand, but it was never sold out, so you could just sort of go and pick and choose where you wanted to sit. And we would every game would say, are we going to sit in Angry Corner? And sometimes we'd be in, in the mood to sort of, like, sit and laugh at the people who were going mental. And some days it's like, I'm just not in the mood for listening to that negativity. But when you think about, when I think back to it, it was only four, five, maybe mm. six people at the very most out of a good couple of hundred, but they're just the ones who were standing there barking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you could feel yeah. the negativity last night, couldn't you, Mark? You were you saying could, on the yeah. commentary, you know, in the second yeah. half. People go, oh, and, mm. you know, especially with the keeper, you know? Yeah. I, th I, I understood that more than, I think, the sort of aggressive stuff that has happened in the past. Yeah. I, I do understand that. Um, although I think it was a bit unnecessary, you know, but there were, people were panicking because the ball was going back to Howard, who was clearly, there was no danger of someone else, a blind player, just nipping in, and yet they were still panicking, as, you know, the, that was a bit unusual, but we had been leaky in the second half, um, and I sort of get that, but it's... it's I, it felt a bit the same against Barnes, which I'm sure is why last night people thought, oh, here we go again. Um, I remember you know, the Dover game, when we were in a much more dire situation, when we were three down, the crowd still, I think, kind of believed a bit more. Whereas those last two games, the crowd were more edgy about it. But but like, I, I'm not inclined to be critical. I'm not trying to be critical in saying that because you, you respond to your emotions. And if you're nervous because your team suddenly started defending badly, <laughs> you might well overreact to stuff. I get it. But um, it right. was an overreaction, I think. My, in a way. my only concern with it is that if this becomes a trend... Yeah. Yeah. It's going to negatively impact the team. Exactly Phil Parkinson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil I mean, Parkinson I'm said, doesn't he, previously that the the good atmosphere helps the players? players and yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. sorry, go on, Neil. And that's what the players have come out and said as well. Yeah, you know, that yeah. at that point in time when maybe they're not playing so well, the team or the sorry, the fans need to get behind the team and, and start. You know, the whole ground needs to be, you know, cheering on the team rather than being on the edge of the seats and you know all the anxiety passes onto the pitch. Yeah, know? definitely. Yeah. And and I think you know, there's there's like the the misplaced uh pass that led to the first goal. A, a bad pass like that if you took a moan or, or in every game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's kind of fair enough, but then when like you say Mark just a, a, a simple pass and you just don't tactically agree with the decision keep it to yourself I think you know <laughs> let the team play you know we're not professional footballers we're not coaches we're not managers in the stands give them the opportunity to build on their game plan rather than just getting on their back because you don't think they're attacking enough or whatever it is but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and tell people yeah. what to do because like you say Mark I can understand why people react with emotions mm. it's just a uh, I just don't want it to become a trend really well, a lot of fans and I'm not talking about Wrexham fans I'm talking about fans generally in Britain 
um, often react badly to a backwards pass. Sometimes the backwards pass is by far the best option. And I thought, yeah, it's actually the example, most progressive, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, sometimes you're pulling another team out of position by doing it. Yeah. yeah. But certainly I thought O'Connor did, did well when he came on yesterday because he calmed things down a bit. Because And sometimes it would be because he would decide, OK, I could play a pass that would progress the ball, but there's a risk I'll lose it. Or I can feed it back to an area where there's no Blythe players and we'll get 10, 15 seconds of comfortable possession and we'll just take the sting out of things. And he did that sort of thing yeah. very well. Mm -hmm. um, the thing with the Howard passes back to him, firstly, is that I, I don't think it was so much... Well, sometimes it was anxiety, though we played a back pass, which no problem with playing a back pass, I don't think. But it was also sometimes as if oh no, we've passed it back towards our own goalkeeper. Something bad will happen now <laughs> when there was no live players to capitalise. That sort of slightly panicky yeah, feeling yeah. that was happening. And I can't help thinking, just thinking about what you both just said about players' confidence. Thinking about Howard, he did have a rough start for us. He did, yeah. And the fans, uh, there was, a, it was, like, it was the Macclesfield friendly, he dropped a cross. And then after that, they were sort of like sarcastically applauding when he caught crosses. Sure. Oh no, I think it's Eastley. And then he dropped another one. And you think, oh, okay, you know, let's hope that they get over this because you can damage a keeper like that. Yeah. And he's done very well since the Chesterfield yeah. game, and you don't hear that. But all of a sudden, when people have been anxious again, that all came out again. Then I didn't see anything apart maybe from that last gasp chance of Blythe, which hadn't happened yet, that Howard did that was wrong yesterday. But it seemed to bring back that, oh, and we don't trust Howard, oh, oh, don't knock it back towards him, when he's been playing really well in recent weeks. Yeah. Yeah, difficult one. Have we got any... Uh, oh. Any others, Mark? Sorry, I'm <laughs> jumping in there. I think <laughs> I'll... I'll before, one, before, before you were uh, finding of one, I think my, my thing that I'd like the American fans to know is if you, if you are planning a trip... Liverpool or Manchester airports are the best airports to go for in terms of locality. But there's not uh, many flights directly to. Manchester. No, maybe not. not you, you can you anyway. can it, you can go to Amsterdam, can't you? I yeah, think, yeah, and then yeah. fly from Amsterdam to mm -hmm. Liverpool or Manchester. Yeah. Or several different uh, flights are available. Check Expedia. Um, oh yeah, they 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 sponsor Exxon, they do. They do, yeah. Oh man, you're gonna get a free holiday out of that. Oh, I would like a free holiday. <sighs> I've never been to New York. Just saying. No, it's, um, oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> New York's fantastic, and I, and I tell you what, um, I, Pro Expedia Wrexham podcast recorded in New York. They reckon have really good sound quality. <laughs> and and I, 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 my understanding is that when wealthy football club owners pay for Callan FM to do an outside broadcast in New, New York, York. Mm -hmm. over the course of a week. <laughs> and then take <laughs> down to the Phillies ground as well. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And in, Penn, uh, in Philadelphia, Philadelphia as well, you're absolutely yeah. right. Mm -hmm. uh, taking full studio staff, obviously, mm -hmm. um, and of course, my entourage of hangers-on. <laughs> but I, I understand that when that happens, Wrexham always win the next three games and Expedia records uh, record profits. I, I, I believe that's the case. Or certainly it hasn't been disproven yet <laughs> by any reputable scientist. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, statistician. Or statistician, yeah, definitely. Or bloke in the pub. And you were and you selling meat in the car park. I actually replied to a few people on the Facebook, and I don't know which Wrexham fans check it was today, Americans. One guy was saying, you know, whole family started following Wrexham and looking to come on to Wrexham for my honeymoon-ish kind of trip. Wow. Oh, yes. 
And I was saying, you know, it's not only the town, North Wales is beautiful, you know, it's a beautiful part of the world with the hills and the valleys and, you know, nice people as well. So there's a lot of people, a lot of Americans out there looking for information about the area. And not just Americans, in all fairness, Canadians. No, Canadians as, as well. I would yeah, like yeah. to go to Toronto. Yeah, uh, yeah. Australians, Australian, I wouldn't mind going to Sydney. There's a lot of Australians uh, come on as well. Yeah, yeah. Vancouver and Sydney are beautiful cities. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely, totally agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tokyo, have we got any Japanese followers? Mm, not yet. That's, that's on my bucket list, Tokyo. <laughs> but anyway, um, no, in all seriousness, I, I think uh, in terms of American support, obviously it... it, it <laughs> Any, any sort of support is very welcome, and, and I and I think it, it's to be embraced. Just just read up on the history as much as you can beforehand. You know, come, I'm not just of of the team of of the town. Come and see of the area. Of, yeah, yeah, find out what what it's like. I think the documentary did a really good job of figuring that out. But it, it um, will you will enjoy your stay more if you take the time to find the areas that are good to visit in in the local. Uh, I believe there's quite a few Americans here last night at the game. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. And also, I'd just like to point out to that couple who were thinking of a sort of honeymoonish trip to Wrexham, mm-hmm. a sentence that has never before been said by a human, okay. um, <laughs> that if they want to go a bit further and actually get married here, I am willing to dress up as Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> for a fee. I mean, obviously. It's just a shame. Mark Griffiths doesn't go out of bed for less than 20k these days. Shame the club haven't got a certificate so you can get married at the club, see. We do, though. Do they now? Yeah. We yeah. have for a while, I believe, haven't we? They I thought we did. Not f- a few years ago. They may have now, but they I didn't thought, have. I thought yeah. we did. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. I reckon. Get, imagine getting married on the roof of the Mulled Road stand. I'm a Macron yeah. stand. Maybe, maybe the club now should put aside maybe a number of tickets for, you know, Americans who come home of these do. home games. I think we do. Do I we? Think, I, think, I think I'm right in saying you know, that. It's, it's a long way a, to come for a trip if you can't get a ticket <laughs> to a home yeah. game because, you know, locals can't get tickets for a home games. So yeah. If you look yeah. up irony in the dictionary, you see somebody who's flown over from Montreal and yeah. can't get into a Wrexham game. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I believe... I believe that's the case. I think that if you're planning a trip from abroad, um, and I'm not including England in this, uh, <laughs> I think contact the club ahead of time because that they are able to put some tickets aside okay. for the you know because let's no, be honest, good. they're not but taking many tickets from local fans. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but it's it's good to to put that out there. You know that they can get tickets yeah. if they, if they are going to make. But that. I think it's wise to get in touch. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Any more tweets, Mark? Yes, uh, so Dwayne many. Williams. Oh. Loads of tweets. <laughs> yes. So many tweets. <laughs> Absolutely. Aaron's um, suffering. Uh, we've overloaded his <laughs> Twitter <laughs> capabilities. Uh, Dwayne Williams, a man who knows his way around a microphone, says, don't expect an easy ride and take extra care if you have a heart condition. <laughs> Which yeah, I think yeah, is very yeah. true the way we're playing at the that. moment. Yeah. It's full of minute, uh, <laughs> isn't it? I, I think, yeah, maybe that's something that... that our troubles have sort of been documented on the documentary but you know you any new fan local or, or international um or or even uk based people who decide that they they want to take Wrexham up j- just just be mindful that the times are very good now but a lot of a lot of us have experienced a lot yeah. of heartache over the last few decades a but, lot of heartache that goes with most clubs you know it do, it you does know. it it does there's it does always ups and downs whichever the, club cer- you know you go back is. to the 70s and 80s when Wrexham were doing really well you know and then my my one slight worry is that we're having like a watershed Premier League moment where football didn't exist before 1992 and I don't want that to happen with with Wrexham in that 
I don't think it. I don't think anything that the, the new owners have done is 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 leading towards that. But it is just it's such a pivotal moment in our history that it can sort of become that we are the Hollywood club now. I I just want it to be remembered how much we have struggled, even just oh, from yeah, a yeah. Fo- even just from a footballing I, fan I, point I, of view. Never mind the troubles, like I, even just the fact that we've had so many bad seasons over the last couple of years. Yeah, and I think that should be put out there a lot more about the struggles the club went through. You know, you know, dark years. But I, I don't think personally it's been documented enough. You know, mm-hmm. of what the fans went through, what the fans did to help the club and to get the to to save the club. You know, for, without the fans, there'd be no club at this no, point absolutely in the time. You know, I mean, I, I would, I would wholeheartedly agree um, I, I think that comment is more about the fact that we score lots of goals and let lots in I mean let's be honest Barnett yeah, scored five hey, yeah. Barnett scored five goals at Wrexham uh, an event was unprecedented in human history uh, since well actually since Liz Truss became Prime Minister but that's a different <laughs> matter but previously um, to that they'd scored quite a few goals in, in the previous games though, hadn't they Barnett yeah but not against us I know not against we're great yeah you know um, I, I on that line of relish this, a lot of Wrexham fans are responding or saying things like that. So, for example, Jago says, from new fans to football, not just Wrexham, I'd emphasise how exceptionally abnormal it is for a team to regularly score five-plus yeah. goals in a match, the average being 1.34 goals per game, Google suggests. Mm. Absolutely correct. I mean, what we're having here is crazy. Um, we've scored three goals in the first half of our last four home games. Four? Three. Four. No, three. Um, I mean, that's just nonsense, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. We're up there with like, the Man City in the Premiership. Yeah. And, and the amount that, of goals they're scoring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Anna says, be there for the highs, be there for the lows. It's just how football goes. Yeah, it yeah. will not always be fun. Um, but I do think, to be fair, um, <laughs> that... I think that the fans who are coming in are, whether or not they're football fans already, are sports fans. I feel that the comments we get are very informed and intelligent. And I think people are recognising there's no guarantee of success for anybody. It is it's just... Not even if you've got money. This is guaranteed fun. Of it. Yeah, absolutely right. You know, the um, players have got to gel together and be a team on the pitch before you yeah. can... Yeah. Something yeah. I think that we've actually done very well because you see a we lot have. of teams that suddenly get a, a, an upscale in their money who then struggle to gel. I mean, look at Chelsea when they first got Abramovich's money in. You know, they took him a couple of years to get really them. properly click. Yeah. And get the right Man City yeah. as well. You mm-hmm. know, they they had um, sort of watchers' money, didn't they? And that didn't get them anywhere. It was when they had the second big takeover. Yes, there's a, there's a lot there. Um, oh, there's one here for Mr. Speedy, who makes four points, actually. I'd like to get to the others if I can, but one is relevant to that. Before the takeover, we were awful at times. So, And this is so true. A bad day at the office now would have been a good day back then. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. That is so true. That, that, that is that, brilliant. That, that 7-5 and even the Blythe 3-2 sort of encapsulate that perfectly, don't they? That we'd have probably yeah. been quite happy with 3-2 in that in that game and the circumstances that happened about two or three years ago, wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, we are running short of time, so I will cut it there, but I would suggest that this is something that maybe we could keep going into yeah. the next week, so if there's any more suggestions from either the uh, mm. the fa- international fans or the local fans, uh, get in touch with, with Mark on that Twitter thread and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep them going. Mm. But after this, we have some news about the cop. Hi guys, I'm Dominic Bowes and uh, this is Dragonheart. 
So uh, the club have been asking people recently to sign the COP petition to try and encourage... Uh, is this this one's the planning this is uh, a local planning local planning yes yeah. so trying to encourage the local planning permission to go ahead uh, the petition runs out today I believe yes, so right. if you are listening on a computer on your phone tablets whatever get off Cal- well keep it no. on in the background <laughs> sign the petition <laughs> sorry Aaron <laughs> Stay on Callan. Always stay on Callan. Even yeah. when Dragonheart finishes, exactly. carry on listening to Callan. Yes. When you go out to work, if your house is empty, leave it on. Okay? Don't worry about the, the dog. Or the cat. Well, or, or just just to boost the listening figures that we actually <laughs> deserve. <laughs> Don't worry. This this whole, um, you know, energy crisis and bills going up, it, it's it's a conspiracy, everyone. Don't worry. They, they won't, they'll be the same as well. <laughs> no, no. No, I'm not right saying. Now. Oops. Sorry. I'll just take my tin helmet off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't quite know how to follow that. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There is an energy crisis, honestly. That's why I mentioned this recently. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that please sign the cop petition. It's really important we get as many people yeah. signing that as possible. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you may have missed that, but please keep it, uh, an eye on any potential petitions that may come in the future for. Uh, signatures because that would be really valuable for the club. But one positive bit of news is that the floodlight planning has been approved. Mm. I don't know what the purpose of the new floodlights is. It, well, I do because they can alter the the amount of light I believe they put on the pitch, depending on which game you're playing, because there's UEFA standards and they've got to be such a bit brighter than normal National League standards from what I can gather. So, hence why we, we need the new flood. Obviously, the the thought process is there already for when we're in the Champions League, maybe. I don't know. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's been approved. And from what I can gather, this going to be installed before the end of the season. Yeah, and, and they're going to be bigger. Eight, yeah. eight metres higher. But and an 20 degree angle on them. What excites me about the, the brightness is that, <laughs> um, oh, I should say it's not a completely 20 degree angle, it's only at the top, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, that'd be really so. <laughs> you'd have to sort of build them in town centre to drive, to get them across on the ground. Um, sorry, I just don't know why I said that. I'm an architect, obviously. Um, <laughs> Amongst many things. I find it interesting, yes, exactly. Um, it's a. Uh, master, yeah, master, careful now, remember we're on a. Oh, man, um, the uh, the the maximum lux a, a, a unit of a, an SI unit I'm going to pretend I understand is fifteen hundred for UEFA Category Four stadiums. Mm-hmm. The maximum lux for the National League in a gloriously tin pot manner is three hundred and fifty. Three hundred and fifty. Wow. What a that, difference. I, I, I can't be so honest. So played in the shadows in the National League. <laughs> exactly. If you do, just get a couple of people to switch the headlights on on the sides of the pitch and we'd be absolutely fine. <laughs> I well, mean, we, I, we could have done back in the 70s when the little, uh, when the little cars were there and it shunted in the corner. Well, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, I, I've got to be honest and say I, I haven't got a clear concept in my mind of what a difference of 1,150 looks, looks like. <laughs> but... National League must be fairly easily pleased, really. If you yeah, know what, yeah. what, 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 what's the greatest level of? Oh, should we, dusk? Should we settle for <laughs> dusk? You know what, what? What? What is that exactly? I mean, if, if three fifty is the level of floodlights that we have, then fifteen hundred must be like when um, 
in an always sunny when the gang go for an award and they 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 light the bar super bright so that <laughs> yeah. so that Deandra is you know you can't see anything because she's sort of glowing. I've, I've got to wow. say that is one of my favorite episodes. That is as cool. Well. Yeah. Good, yeah, it is good. That yeah, um, good for awards, hasn't the documentary oh, yes, been put up yes, for awards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two well. two Critics Choice Awards. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, which is this is fantastic. Best commentator. <laughs> <laughs> For, for Neil, <laughs> yeah, oh, actually, yeah, uh, and uh, most most arrogant, pompous person. <laughs> for me, also yeah. for Neil. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's on me. That they're gonna have a, you know, a lifetime achievement one for that one for me for that one. Um, yeah, so that that's great, isn't it? Great news would be great if we win that. Uh, hopefully, not the 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 last award or trophy that we'd be winning this year. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, not. Devon's Cup against Blackburn. <laughs> Devon's Cup, yeah. Um, another improvement to the ground is that we're going to have some murals underneath the stands. Uh, I think it's in slight... the concourses, yeah. Yeah, in the concourses. Slightly unclear exactly who's going to be on there. They have started, though. They've started, mm. yeah. Mm. I, I, I went to go and have a look. It was... I mean, may, maybe I'm just not... Uh, of the best site, but I couldn't really tell which player was supposed to be which from what they'd done. I thought Gary Bennett was Yeah, you did, Bennett. you did say Gary Bennett, Bennett, yeah. 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 Um, but it looks like it's going to be really smart when it's yeah. finished. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked a lot about our sort of favourite players in the past, but who who would be the alternative mural, the Wrexham mural, where we'd have like different characters? I'm going to throw one out there as a, as a player, Silvio Spann for the, <laughs> the alternative Wrexham mural. Very alternative. Very alternative, yeah. <laughs> He has a thought. I, I, I'm going to, well, twist it slightly and say people that might sound left field, but actually I think should be actually on the mural full stop anyway, people like Jacko, as you, you mentioned yeah, yeah. on air beforehand, mm-hmm. who, who epitomised the, the spirit of the fans, people who led the fights to save the club, yeah. are as important as great players, I think, and yeah, I, I'd, that, I'd love cool. to see that sort of thing done. The, the Jimmy's on there, basically. There you go. And yeah, and he, even if you know, well, if you people know. don't recognise them, well, maybe there should be something to explain story. It as well. Yeah, story give that story mm-hmm. exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and me. Okay. Of course, you'd be on there. Yeah, I mean, I've got to be. I mean, and, and, the, and the Disney Plus logo somewhere on on your lapel. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be wearing Mickey Mouse ears. I normally right, do. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This joke will eventually get old anyway oh old old no maybe not um i've got pause for the statue outside (laughs) we are gonna have to wrap up but we do have a game against boreham wood at the weekend do we fancy our chances fellas or it'll be a tough test for us i think it's gonna be a really tough test isn't it their home form is weirdly bad for a team in third place one two drawn two lost two and you'll be there mark i will be there at the friendliest club in the world (laughs) Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Unlike the new floodlights at the racecourse, at night time, when they switched their floodlights on, uh, a, a massive p- portrait of me is not projected into the clouds. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think it'll be interesting. I think that they've got the second best defence in the, in the division, but their home record's not great. They're not scoring a huge amount of goals. We've, I, th- I think I'm right. We scored almost twice as much as them. So I think, I think it'll be interesting. I just want to see us get the ball down a bit and yeah. take terms to them. For me, it's a game I think we've got to go there and beat them. Yeah. 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 To, just well, to put a stamp on, on this league to say that we can beat teams, you know, uh, we, there we and are, we, where are we are due a, a, 
an away win like that, aren't we? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We do have a weird lopsided record against them as well, don't we? Because they. they we did well against them last season, you know, in the we, cup. We constantly do well against Home. them, despite the fact that yeah. I was checking since they've come up, they've come above us as often, almost as often as we've come above them. And yet, we've only lost once to them ever. Never at their place. So, let's keep it up. 1-0 Boreham Wood written all over <laughs> it now after seeing that. <laughs> no, no, no. We've got to go for a win on Saturday. Yeah. Anyway, check us out on Callan FM, same time every week. Uh, we'll be on... YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, you can find us on all the other good podcast places and all the bad ones too. This has been (laughs) Dragonheart. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.